travel slowly. And I, I think it's only through meeting people and, and some realizing what they're like that you can understand the beauty within yourself. So I think I think by by meeting more people and slowly understanding them, that's when you have a far better understanding for the world and get a far better understanding about you. Hello beauty. Yes you join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. This episode is brought to you by Covey, the perfect skincare routine that's simple and effective with just three essentials for healthy skin. Shop the Covey routine at CoveySkin.com and get 10% off with code HelloBeauty. That's H-E-L-L-O-B-E-A-U-T-Y. Hey there, Joyce Baton here and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Mark Bibby Jackson. Mark Bibby Jackson is the founder and group editor of websites Life Begins at 40 and Travel Begins at 40, as well as the award-winning author of three thrillers set in Cambodia. Mark is passionate about travel and sharing the joys of visiting new places and people. He's the former editor of Asia Life Cambodia, ASEAN Forum, and Horizon Thailand Magazine. In this episode, Mark shares how to travel responsibly and in a clean and green way. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Mark. Hi, Joyce. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for being here and all the way from UK, right? Yeah, I'm um, based in Essex, which is very close to London. So um, it's a, a long distance from, from myself to over to you. This is great. That's the really amazing thing about podcasting remotely. Yeah. It's like I can connect with so many people from all over the world and share their really fun experiences and stories. And on that note, talk to me about your background and what you do for the benefit of the listeners and viewers. Yeah, well, I'm well, I'm Mark Bibby Jackson, and that's the first thing. You, you'll never come across another Mark Bibby Jackson in the world. I'm, I've got <laughs> a totally unique name. Um, and I'm, I'm a travel journalist, a travel writer, a travel journalist. I've uh, lived many years in, in Cambodia, mainly. It was about 10 years over there, and but lived throughout Southeast Asia. And I started writing um, about travel oh, 15 years ago, I think. And now I'm based back in the UK, as I just mentioned. And I write for my own website, which is called Travel Begins at 40. And so you're far too young for, um, for to be interested <laughs> in our subject matter. And I've just launched a new one about London, which is London Begins at 40. And in addition to that, I also, I've written a, a two novels, uh, based, both detective type, thriller type novels based in, in Cambodia. And my third one is going to be coming out later on in the year. Being Asian, coming from the Philippines, the culture there in Southeast Asia is just so colorful. And I'm glad that you are sharing this with a lot of people because there are just so many great things to discover there, not just food, but the people. And it's the people. Joyce is the people. It's what everybody says. I don't know Philippines. I've been to the Philippines once, that's all. But um, I know the rest of the region, other countries in the region so well. And and what, what the classic, the cliche is people go because they're going for the sites and they come back talking about the people all the time. And it's one of the reasons why people really, well, it's the main reason why people should travel. You should go for um to, to visit people and from meeting new people, you have new experiences and it, and it enriches your life enormously. 
Yeah, which actually leads me to my next question. Um, you are definitely recommending people that as soon as they feel comfortable in traveling, they should travel. But obviously, like you're in California, um, we are open and are allowing visitors in. But, uh, you know, there are new, due to the new variants of coronavirus, we should definitely follow, you know, the public health travel advisory and guidance. But in your opinion, you know, we're talking about travel. And why do you think that, you know, as you have mentioned earlier, I would like to dig deeper into that. Why should we travel as soon as we feel comfortable? Well, the key thing is you say there is comfortable. That's the key word. Mm -hmm. and, and clearly nobody should travel until they actually feel comfortable in doing so. The, the slight irony is travel is actually very safe in, in, at the moment. Uh, my brother's just gone off to the Olympics. He works for the BBC. and, and he, mm -hmm. So he's flown all the way from London to Tokyo. And he had seats all to himself. Um, the HEPA filter on planes means that the, 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 the air is extracted every two minutes, I think it is. So the traveling experience is really quite a safe one, even if you're going on long haul flights. But of course, people don't feel comfortable in traveling. Uh, and I fully understand that. And so it really is about when people feel that they're able to do it. But I think there are a number of reasons why people should. And I just traveled to North Wales, which probably many of your readers won't know how far away North Wales is from Essex, but it, it's about a four hour drive. And um, so I did that and that was my first real escape from, from my home in 18, well no, in, in just under a year. And for me, that's one of the, for travel journalists, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. And I, uh, I just felt so great, uh, breathing the fresh air, just looking at new scenery. Uh, and I, I was talking to everybody. I mean, I tend to chat a lot anyway, but I was just completely talking to complete strangers. And it was such a great experience to be out. And, and I felt rejuvenated. I felt alive again. Uh, I don't think I quite realized how how low I had felt on times during the lockdown. And I'm, I know that many of you listeners and your viewers have, must have felt exactly the same way. I mean, it's, it's lots of people have found it very difficult in the lockdown. So the, just the actual act of traveling makes you feel a lot better. But, but there's another thing as well, which is I've got good friends still living in Cambodia. And they all say that at the moment, if, if once you can get there, it's wonderful because there's no tourists. <laughs> and one mm. of the big problems we had in the travel industry before lockdown, before COVID was there were just so many tourists going to, you'd go to Venice, you'd go to Barcelona, the typical tourist attractions, wonderful places, but you were tripping over tourists. Now you're tripping over roots of trees, you know, you're over bricks of ancient ruins, you know that. There were no tourists there. So if you, if you feel comfortable, um, and if you've ever wanted to go to Angkor Wat, I don't know, Joyce, if you've been to Angkor Wat. No, I haven't. It's at the top of my list, actually. One of my friends have, have gone and she recommends it. Oh, you really have to go. You really have to go. But go now. Well, not now. You you won't be able to go there until November at the earliest. Maybe November you can get there. But go in November if you can, or December or January. And you won't have, you know, there's the wonderful shot which everybody takes where you have Angkor Wat. Um, and then you have the reflection in the pool in front of Angkor Wat. The last time I went there, there were probably about a thousand other people taking the, the, the you know, the, the iconic sunrise shot Angkor Wat. Now you probably get about five. And so, you know, and those would be local people as well. 
So it, it would be a wonderful experience. And it's not just Angkor Wat, anywhere, Venice, you know, wherever you want to, wherever's top of your bucket list, now or very soon is the, is the time to go if you feel comfortable. Uh, and you just find it, it would just be an incredible experience for you. It's just been two years since I've traveled because I would I had plans in traveling last year, but that was at the height of coronavirus. And my plans were to go to Italy. And I've been really, I think it's just human nature to want to connect with others and just have that human interaction. So I think it's just natural, like what our inner self and what our body is selling us like, Hey, you know, you need to go out there. Of course, you know, um, take your necessary precautions and it's time to get out and mingle with other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You feel so much better. And Italy is a wonderful choice. Italy is one of my favorite countries for many years. It was my favorite country. Yeah. And, and there's so much, the food, the culture, the people, the, uh, the, the landscape, um, the varieties between the different regions. I, I was fortunate. I lived in uh, in Sicily for four months. Oh, uh, I taught English in a, a city called Messina. So I wouldn't recommend going to Messina. It's not the prettiest city in, in Sicily. <laughs> but Sicily is amazing. And I met a real life Don. I mean, I did. I, oh, I met wow. there was this Don who was about... Uh, he was about five foot zero and um, <laughs> and I met him in a coffee bar and then he said, this is the Don. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a great experience. It's a wonderful experience, which you can get. And, you know, and it, it's, it's also more than that at, at the moment. I mean, lots of people have suffered um, and have lost loved ones. Um, people obviously died uh, during COVID. Lots of people have died. But as regards to sector, probably travel is the one that has suffered the most. And, you know, it used to it used to create something like 10 percent of global GDP, the tra travel industry, and it went down to 5 percent last year. So and 60 million people have lost their jobs. And that's all boring statistics. But I've got friends who I've got one good friend, uh, Samoon, who drives a tuk tuk for me every time I go to Cambodia. Mm -hmm. And he posted on Facebook about how what's he to do? He's got he's got no income. You know, he feeds his wife, his, his family, he's, he's got no money because there's nobody in Cambodia, there's no tourists wanting to go on a, uh, on his tuk-tuk. And there's 60 million Samoons around the world. So it's not just the fact that you should do it for yourself and to feel better, but so many people are dependent upon travel for their livelihoods. It's, it's really, it's, it's such an important industry. So you did speak about traveling as a benefit for the traveler, but yep. traveling is definitely a benefit for the destination as well. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a very symbiotic relationship between the two that I don't see a lot of travel writers traditionally have always identified an us and them in travel. And so, you know, if you even go back to things like Heart of Darkness, which Apocalypse Now is based upon, and, and all, the, all the, some of the great novels in the 19th century, traveling is about discovering the other. It's about trying to discover the exotic, about something which is different to your existence. I, I don't think it's that. I think, yes, it can be. I mean, certainly there's no anchor what down the end of the road I can pop to. So you're definitely discovering an other when you travel. But also you discover so much of shared values that when you meet other people, you realise that actually you're from the Philippines, I'm from Wales, and we, I'm sure we can find so much we have in common, apart from the fact we're chatting on Zoom for some reason at, at this <laughs> you know, time of the day. 
Um, but there are so many things we can find in common. And it's only through really through traveling that you discover that. And, and it's just so many of the problems which we have in this world. If people traveled more, then they'd understand other people and a lot of these troubles would go. And, and a, a lot of the fear, which I'm afraid is, I think is in your country from what I see from the media, and mm -hmm. I certainly know is in my country, mm -hmm. a lot of the fear of other people would just disappear if people traveled more you know, meet more other people and you find out they aren't other people, they're the same as us. Absolutely. No, I love that. That's such a good reminder. I know there's other people that probably might not have the ability to travel overseas, but even as simple yeah. as just getting out of your town, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, um, meeting new people, as you've mentioned, that will really because I've also experienced this and I've already I've mentioned this to my friend, just getting out of my town sometimes, um, that already shows me like, oh, this is absolutely different from LA, you know, <laughs> the people that I've like just met or even like the buildings that I've passed through, you can already get a sense of how people are different. But at the same time, you can find so many things that you will appreciate about that town and the locals. Totally, totally. We're the lucky few. I think it's 1% of the population in the world flies. It's only 1%. Mm. And, oh, and that's part yeah. of the problem that we have as an industry that we produce so much. Uh, the carbon footprint of the industry is really high when only 1% of the population flies. But you're right, you don't have to fly. You can cycle, you can walk. Mm -hmm. a lot of, in the UK, a lot of people started walking in the first lockdown. It became a bit of a craze. Cycling certainly very, very big. Um, you have to get to the destination, and, but if it's local, you can use local transport. And, and um, I haven't been to LA, but I fortunately a couple of years ago, I went to North California and mm -hmm. the, the North California, even going from, you know, Yosemite and the little mining towns around there. Yosemite and comparing that to San Francisco, it was complete, but even within San Francisco, there, there was such yes. a big difference between Chinatown and the old Italian sector, and then crossing the bridge to the beautiful, um, you know, the nature parks on the, on the other side. I'm not sure if they're nature parks, but the nat nature on the other side and the beaches, you know, this, this was fantastic. And, you know, I, I, did, I did some of that in, in a day trip, you know? And so you can experience these wonderful, you, know, you can get these wonderful experiences are very, very close to home. One of the things you discover when you travel so, so much as I do is how little people travel in their own country. Now, of course, it's happening more now because people are forced to because they can't yeah. travel overseas. But I can remember traveling when I was a lot younger around the half of, well, half of Australia. And I went to places which Australians really hadn't been to. And I'd meet Australians in London. And they traveled all the way over to London, but they hadn't seen places in their own backyard. And it, it's just however you want to travel. I mean, some people don't want to travel, um, but mm -hmm. however you want to travel, however comfortable you feel, you really can get amazing experiences. And, and it changes you. It makes you understand people so much better. And it makes you understand yourself, hopefully, so much better. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, speaking of travel and, you know, this conversation definitely wants me to travel more and get a ticket somewhere soon. Um, how can we be a responsible traveler if when we do feel comfortable yeah, traveling? Well, to me, this is this is the, the key thing. So a lot of the writing I'm doing recently has been on responsible travel. It's got so many different names. It's bewildering for people. They're responsible, sustainable, regenerative. Mm -hmm green eco this confuses everybody i think mm -hmm. um 
even some of the so-called you know experts and people like me the writers people get confused because really a lot of it really just means the same but fundamentally being a responsible traveler involves a mindset change it's about mm. saying that i'm going to make my travel beneficial for the people i visit as much as possible for the planet for wildlife and of course for myself so there's simple little tricks we all know. I know before the, the show, we're talking, comparing our water bottles. So everyone, you know, hopefully everybody carries around a water bottle. This is a really good one. So this is a plug for the, for the guys of water to go. Yeah. So I think this is NASA technology and, and you, you, you have a filter in it. So I can just drink from a lake or a river or anywhere. And, and the, water's, the water's clean. So people do, people do stuff like that, but people, you know, you, less plastic, single-use plastic, not, not multi-use plastic. But there's so many different ways you can do it, but you need to change your mindset. You say, I am going to, I'm going to travel differently. I'm going to ensure that my travel benefits local communities. And I think that the, the two key ways of doing this, for me anyway, the first one is to slow down your travel. So I tend to be a very fast traveler. <laughs> I'm a fast talker, I'm a fast traveler. And the and I, I've taught myself to slow down a bit because the, the longer you take in destinations, the more you appreciate the destinations. Mm. And the longer you spend there, the more money stays within that destination. And one of the problems we have as an industry is people are flying around all over the place. And the worst part of the industry is that people are flying around all over the place. So the longer you take, the slower you travel between your destinations, um, then the more you appreciate it. Uh, and, the, you know, the, the, the better your travel is. And then if you can make sure that your money stays in the destination, so it helps support the people you're visiting, rather than the money going to the international hotel chains and mm. tourism companies which are fixing your flights and your accommodation etc yeah speaking of um you know the water bottle that you know mm -hmm. we can use and bring with us as a responsible travel what is climate friendly travel can you give us examples yeah th thanks joseph for, for asking about that I, I just said that all these different names and the one mm -hmm. i didn't mention was climate friendly travel um that's one it's uh, my i i've just Last year, I, I did some studying. I'm a very, very old student. I'm actually I somehow become an intern. I'm not quite sure how I can become an intern at my age, but somehow I become an intern at an organization. And so Sonex Malta um, has set up a climate friendly travel program. And and it's Professor Jeffrey Lippman um, who, who established it based upon the works of his his, his great friend, who, who Moa Strong, who was at the Rio Earth, Earth Summit and sadly died a few years back. Um, the principle behind it is quite simple. It's that travel shouldn't just be green, it should be clean as well. So it's not just the fact you go to stay in a beautiful eco lodge and you, you don't use plastic and you use water bottles and whatever like that. It's also, you should try to reduce your carbon footprint. Now, maybe some, some of your, your, your viewers don't, don't believe in in climate change don't believe in global warming that's up to them but the ones who do and 95 percent of scientific evidence the scientists believe that there's climate change what we need to do is we need to reduce our carbon footprint when we travel uh, and this is difficult to do because the big one is the flight 
So, and it's not a lot you can do about the flight, but the airlines can do something about it. You can offset, but there's questions about whether that's good or bad. But the key thing is trying to make your travel clean and green. And the principle behind it is that if we don't make our travel clean, it's really going to be like changing the deck chairs on the Titanic. There's this great iceberg waiting for us. And if we keep on going the way we're going at the moment without reducing our carbon emissions, we're going to go slap into that iceberg. And for California, what this means is you're going to have more forest fires. You know, that's the truth. That's the scientific reality of climate change. So if we don't change it, more wildfires in, in, in uh, California. Uh, islands like the parts of the Seychelles and the Maldives, which are really dependent upon uh, tourism, 65%, 66% of their GDP is from tourism. Parts of them, certain islands, certain atolls, they're going to go. You know, in 20 years or time, they're going to be underwater. Part of the yeah. Philippines, islands, no yeah. islands will go. You know, you know this better than I do. You know, this is your, 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 your neighbourhood. And these are going to disappear. So we need to clean up travel. So when we travel, whether you offset it or whether you decide to take the train or you, you don't fly. In America, you, you, can, you don't have to fly. Other places, like going to the Seychelles or the Maldives, you have to fly unless yeah. you take a very slow boat or you're a really strong swimmer. So it's, <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only way you can get there. But you can try to make sure you, you stay at resorts which have got a, a, a carbon reduction plan. Um, there's lots of companies out there, lots of travel companies who, who uh, try to minimize their carbon in, in, impact and are aiming for carbon uh, net zero and some actual total zero. And look for these companies and try to reduce your carbon impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are your examples that you've learned that you apply on yourself when you're traveling, when you're, you know, to have a clean and green type of um, travel? For me, for traveling, mm -hmm. well, I always buy economy. That's good. So, mm -hmm. but that's because I've got no money, you know. But, so, <laughs> but economy travel is cleaner than going. Um, so, if you go, uh, if you go business class, first class, that's less clean. I always try to fly direct. This might seem strange, but again, if you fly direct, the the the, the big carbon emissions in flights are taking off and landing. So, if you only take off and land once then that's a lot better for the environment than stopping in somewhere en route. So try to get a direct flight. Uh, I, I never towels and all that sort of stuff. I try to reduce the amount of times that that gets done. You know, mm -hmm. so I don't mind using the towel three days running. I, what difference does it make? You know, it's, it's going to be clean enough. So I don't, I don't need to do that. The water bottle is an obvious one. Um, mm -hmm. As you pack, just think about what you're going to do. Um, it might seem ridiculous, but I pack, I pack lots of the plastic. So I, I pack plastic bags. There's nothing wrong with a plastic bag if you reuse it. Yeah. In fact, yeah. It's, it's actually environmentally far better. A plastic bag takes a lot less energy to manufacture than a cotton bag. So if you take a plastic bag and reuse it, that's great. So it's loads of little things like that, which I do in order to sort of in, minimize my impact and i always take local transport if i can um you know th but that's, again that's natural for me and it's just so much a better experience you know you you enjoy your travel so much yeah. but the key thing behind it though is really to slow down your travel 
You know, mm. I mean, the thing I'm going to keep on saying throughout this talk is about doing things slowly. And the slower you do it, the better it is for the environment, the better it is for you. You relax more. You get away from the stress of living in cities and city life and commuting and all that. And you also are having a beneficial effect or at least reducing your detrimental effect on the, on the planet. Yeah, I totally agree. And also one of the things that I started incorporating in my own um, daily life and even, you know, because uh, I love getting juices, like what I've showed you before we mm -hmm. record. Yeah, yeah. And very nice. yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, getting I'm juices. Very healthy. Yeah, I try to be. But I, you know, using a re reusable straw that I could put in my purse. And I know like people or even chopsticks, right? Reusable chopsticks that I could put in my purse. And I would, I know aside from, you know, my lipstick, it's funny to see a straw and chopsticks there, <laughs> a pair of chopsticks, but that's already included in my kit inside my purse. Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, yeah. the other thing is mm -hmm. when you stay at hotels, you know, you always get those little bottles of um, you know, shampoo and shower gel and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Don't use it. Take your own. Take your own shower gel, yes. whatever you need, shampoo, conditioner. Take it with you. Use your own and just leave theirs. Um, so that's far better. And bamboo, if you can use bamboo, bamboo's a great uh, thing. I, I haven't got one yet, but I, I read recently about this uh, bamboo pillow you can take and it molds to the, it molds to your head. So you're supposed to be guaranteed, and it, it costs only $80 or something like that. I mean, mm -hmm. it was really cheap and it's made of bamboo. And bamboo is a wonderful substance. Um, a good friend of mine uh, who I work with, um, um, Hans, he is really passionate about bamboo and things like bamboo because it, it's a grass absorbs more carbon uh, monoxide than trees do mm -hmm. because grasses do and they're there um, and it's a great substance so if you can you know use bamboo use bamboo chopsticks you know don't use uh, plastic or, or or wooden ones um there's so many different ways that you can i i definitely know they have bamboo uh, nice and forks so i'm sure they must have bamboo yeah. chopsticks. and if they don't there's that's a product somebody can invent exactly yeah someone should be listening about this product idea that a possible invention right i'm sure um, they but I just don't I'm know. sure there's already. <laughs> I know that, you know, being a responsible traveler or, uh, you know, like it's a two way street, meaning responsibility on the traveler's end and responsibility on the tourism and tourism's end. So how can the tourism industry embrace sustainability? I think it's simple. It has to. I don't think it's how, mm -hmm. it's, it's when. And I, I think there will be post-COVID and the recovery, there'll be a boom for um, for the, the budget tourists. You know, be people need to go for the cheapest one possible and, and everything will be about price. And they'll go for the cheapest resort, they'll go for the cheapest trip they can get, and they'll go for the cheapest drink and the cheapest food because that's their budget. And, and I'm not condemning them. I've been there, so I'm really not condemning them at all. But people aren't like that. It's all going to be about sustainability. It's going to be about responsibility. One thing that COVID has taught us is to respect everyone else and also to respect nature. Um, and so, so people are going to be demanding responsible travel. That that is all, all the indications at the moment. All the research being taken out, carried out by the sector is saying that people want to have more ethical travel. So they want to feel that they're doing something for the local community they stay in. 
That's what they want. And fundamentally, the reason why we go traveling is because we want to feel better. And one of the ways we feel better is by thinking we're actually benefiting the, the, the people who are genuine, generous enough to host us. So ethical travel, responsible, sustainable, regenerative, whatever you want to call it, climate friendly, whatever you handle you give to it, that's the future. And so it's really just the case of how tourism companies and resorts, how they do that. Now, the problem as a consumer, as you know, any of our view, your viewers, well, they don't know which ones are the good guys and which ones are the bad mm -hmm. guys. So there's a, in the industry, I presume it's got out to the general public, we have this expression called greenwashing. Yes. And so that one is just basically somebody claims they're green and they're not. And, and that's the problem. So it's so so what you need to do is you need to somehow find out which ones are the, the companies which take it seriously and have it part of the, the passion, part of their heart, and which ones are just trying to do it as a PR exercise. Um, and to be honest, I think that's where the travel writer, people like me come in. I think that's our job. Our responsibility is to inform people of th these are your options. And actually this one th does do what it says it does. And this one, to be perfectly honest, well, I don't think they do. Yeah, no, that's great. Because even in the beauty industry, we have such a thing as sure. greenwashing, where, you know, we only hope that, I guess, you know, in the near future, that that becomes less and less where brands just put up a, a fake front just to receive, you know, profits. I wish that more brands and even companies and organizations become more transparent about their actual mission and vision. Yeah, no, definitely. One of the one of the clearest ways is about having a, a carbon plan. So a lot of travel industries and something Sonic Smalter is trying to push and has a registry for this is to, is to be open, transparent about your carbon emissions. And we all have them. I mean, yeah. at the moment, we, we are emitting carbon, you know, this, you know, through using Zoom, you know, there's a certain amount of carbon is being kicked up into the atmosphere because mm -hmm. of what we're doing. So we always do it. And it's about calculating that carbon, being transparent about it, and saying how you're going to reduce it. So you, how you're going to reduce that. And it's exactly the same with all the all the you know the eco initiatives. You know, if if you are supporting local organisations, great. Tell us which ones they are. Say which schemes you're behind. So you know, I fortunately I know some of the companies. I know some of the guys working at them, and I know what projects they're working for. You know, and and. And that's what you should be doing. You should be going to these ones which are genuinely, you know, I mean, there's one uh, recently wrote about about the, the first female um, uh, guide in Afghanistan. Now, now, what can be better for, for gender awareness and, and women's rights than actually having female tour guides in, in Afghanistan? And so companies are trying to push things forward. Um, there's some wonderful travel organizations out there set up by people who generally are passionate about green ethical travel and there are big companies who just realize that's the way they got to go and they maybe contribute 10 percent of their business to 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 being green but yeah, it's not I, just about tourism as well i mean as you say in the beauty industry but the big guys are the the, the oil companies they're the ones who who put forward all their pr all their publicities about yeah. how green they're going but I think 90% of their business is not green in the slightest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want, actually want to talk about your uh, project, Travel Begins at 40. Um, yep. I'm very interested in this. Can you please expand on this? Yeah, well, I'd, 
I, I was fortunate enough, well, I've been traveling all my life, so it was a long time before I was 40 when I started traveling. But I was, very, I was fortunate enough to be invited to Nepal, which is one of my favorite, favorite countries. And if anybody likes mountains and likes trekking, I know you can go to wonderful, you can do brilliant mountains in North America and, and uh, wonderful trekking you can do, but there's nothing like Nepal, in my opinion, there, yeah. there just isn't. And I was in Nepal and I was in a bloggers convention and I was surrounded by all these people who are a lot younger than me and they were traveling around the world and enjoying themselves. And I just realized nobody was doing it for the 40 plus market. So we decided to, a couple of a friend and a, a few other friends who sadly have, have you know, have, have disappeared from the project in the last couple of years, we decided to set up Travel Begins at 40, really to sort of given a guidance to people that when you become 40, when you become a bit older, you can behave, you can travel differently. You don't have to be the backpacker thinking about costs all the time. It's not just about having parties all the time and just <laughs> getting wrecked and, and doing all the stuff, which I'm sure you never did, but I'm afraid I, I think I probably did. And <laughs> so it's not about, it's not about doing that, but it's about, um, it's about being more responsible, about slowing down in your travel, about more cultural things, about uh, being more aware of what's around you. So we set up the website really to give people advice on on where they can go um, and to highlight uh, some of the some of the wonderful attractions that people can visit around the world. Oh, I'm definitely going to check this out. I'm not 40 yet, but I'm that kind of traveler or I'm really all about the culture and what the locals do. And I want to check out Travel Begins at 40 and London Begins at 40. Yeah, you don't have to be 40 to read it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah, there's going to be, I, I love when the like there's an insider and local type of experience and suggestions that go into these travel guides. Yeah, no, we do. And, and we sort of, we have quite long, we have quite a lot of words. We're quite wordy. <laughs> so, and obviously we have lovely pictures and photos for, for attractions. So, and we do try to get, you know, genuine articles, you know, rather than things trying to pitch seven things to do mm -hmm. while you're halfway up a mountain with a plastic bag <laughs> or something like that. We don't tend to go for that type of thing because really, to be honest, you can Google that 15 million times and, and you'll come up with these, they're all the same, to be honest. Everybody's telling you exactly the same thing to do. So what we try to do is we try to do our experiences about mm -hmm. how you can actually travel differently and responsibly, uh, rather than sort of rolling out the cliched um, advice and tips. Yeah, no, I love that. What does the road ahead look like for Mark Bibby Jackson? Well, hopefully it's a road. Um, rather than um, being a house and a garden. Um, so so for me, it's really quite simple. I, I, I love traveling back to North Wales, as I mentioned before, and I just want to do more and more traveling. Um, I, I didn't, didn't realize quite how much I missed it. Um, I was actually felt like it was over traveling before lockdown and I wanted to have a bit of a rest, but I didn't really want to have a two year rest or whatever it's been. Uh, so the, the main thing is going to be traveling. Um, I'm working, um, I've got a couple of projects with Sonic Smalter on, uh, based around climate friendly travel. And we're hopefully going to be producing something for the climate summit in Glasgow in, in November about how travel can become more uh, responsible. And also I have got my third novel, which is going to come out. Um, once I can get over to Cambodia, to, it's being written, but I need to sort of work out the design and stuff like that. 
Um, but so that's going to be my thir third novel. Um, you can Google me if anybody wants to, Mark Bibby Jackson. You can, as I say, I'm the only one in the world. So you can, you can find, unless there is, if there's another one, I'd love to hear from you. So if there's another person with my name, I'd love to know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and so my, so my third novel will come out hopefully in November time. Uh, and that's going to be another detective novel set in, in Cambodia. So I'm one of the few people writing detective novels in Cambodia. Uh, even though I'm not living in Cambodia at the moment. That's amazing, yeah. Well, here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within? Well, uh, my one's quite simple, travel. So it's, I suppose it's the obvious answer for me to give, but travel slowly. And I, I think it's only through meeting people and, and some realizing what they're like that you can understand the beauty within yourself. So I think I think by by meeting more people and slowly understanding them, that's when you have a far better understanding for the world and get a far better understanding about you. And the other thing is just don't kick yourself about things. We all make mistakes. I lose my temper far too often. And uh, that's just the nature of things. And quite often it's, it's really because of somebody else or a factor which is pretty much out of your control you know none of us deliberately you know got this covid thing or anything like that so it's not our faults but we have to cope with it and sometimes it's really really hard to cope with and we have really bad times but just accept it just accept we're frail we make mistakes and um and don't kick yourself you know when you when you make mistakes that is unless they're major 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 mistakes obviously <laughs> I love that. That's really like such a good reminder. And thank you. I absolutely agree 100%. Where can they find you? What are your social channels so they can learn more about you and connect with you and also watch out for your novel that's coming up? Yeah, well, um, my own website is markbibbyjackson.co.uk or something. I can't remember. But but Travel Begins at 40. So there's the website. Uh, the, the Twitter feed is at Travel Begins 40 because you can't put us. There's a limit to the number of digits you can have on it letters on it um and facebook's travel begins at 40 london begins at 40 mark Beavers jackson as well um and you know all the normal stuff but basically if you if you go for travel begins at 40 you won't get too far away from me okay that's amazing thank you so much mark i had such a great time learning more about how to travel clean and green with you oh that that is great thank mm -hmm. um, the pleasures i think has been mainly mine to be honest <laughs>